0: hey everyone welcome to the grabs podcast where we bring the stories of real life rescues to you firsthand from those involved i'm your host today grant with me i've got got, uh, captain out of houston paul richardson You may recognize the name because he did the Grabs podcast right before this on a successful grab. But today, uh, he's humble enough to come on and share a story of a call they went on in January of 2023 where they weren't so successful, but there's a lot of lessons to be learned in this one. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Uh, Welcome, Captain. I appreciate you coming on again and sharing your story.
1: (laughs) Oh, thank you, man. Thanks for having me again.
0: Yeah, bro. So let's, let's talk about this. Um, you had the successful grab November 7th, 2018, uh, that we just recorded, but, um, we're not going to get into the uh, demographics of Houston or anything, but it's a, it's a big aggressive fire department. Um, but let's, let's talk to us about this call in January of this year, uh, and how that went down.
1: Yeah. So I was doing, uh, we call them debit days. Uh, they're basically extra days we work a month and, um, We're typically sent out across wherever wherever they need us, manpower-wise. So we're filled in at different stations. So this was uh, January 19th. I was filling in to Engine 4, uh, which is northwest side of Houston, uh, one station over from my permanent assignment. And uh, we, you know, kind of all day long, been making runs all day long. The crews actually were talking about, you know, they've been on uh, a little stretch of going to fire pretty well every day. So they're like, yeah, it's coming today. Um, so it was around one o'clock in the morning. Uh, we got dispatched to an apartment fire, uh, second due um, behind engine 50. We actually ended up beating engine 50 into the complex. Uh, so we were first, ended up being first in on it. Uh, it was a small to medium sized apartment, two story pitch roof. Um, from the entryway or pulling into the gate, nothing visible. Uh, Didn't think we really had much. Uh, And then we got out. I had the two firefighters behind me. One grabbed a set of irons uh, and the other one grabbed the can, which is pretty common. And then the chauffeur was coming up with me. Uh, As soon as we walked around one building into the garden, uh, the courtyard style, um, a lady met me and said, hey, there's a lady trapped inside and looked up and you could see heavy smoke showing first floor. uh, so the chauffeur turns around, he's going to go start us a line. Uh, me and the two firefighters went, in, went to the door and uh, she I asked the lady, I said, well, where, where, where's she going to be? And she says, she sleeps in this bedroom to the right, this bedroom on the right-hand side. And the bystanders had already busted the window out and there was a, like bunch of stuff in front of the window. So kind of VES at that point wasn't really an option for us. Um, the, I knew guys were going to start piling in behind us, but as we were waiting on a line, I figured we might can get a quick search in. Um, So we kind of separated and split. I got down on my knee at the front door, um, kind of shined my tick looking for it. And I had a bedroom directly in front of us. And then I had a bedroom off to my right, maybe uh, 10 or 12 foot off to my right. And I kind of told one guy, I said, Hey, you search this bedroom that's just inside the door, maybe two or three foot inside the door. And then we're going to go search the other bedroom. Um, so we, st- I started crawling and I had my tick. I looked and got the doorway on my tick and crawled straight as, as straight path as I could uh, directly for that, that doorway got into the bedroom and it was a cluttered bedroom. Um, I had made a report on the radio. Hey, Hey, reported victims trapped in the in this so we were going to go ahead and do a search and i went around the room once and really heavy clutter stuff everywhere couldn't find the victim we ran around again and uh, i really made sure like hey let's stress hey let's do a really good search in here because this is where she's supposed to be and we did a really thorough search in this one room And about the time we finished that second trip around the room, I heard ladder four get on the radio and said they had a uh, victim in the front room, Uh, obviously deceased victim at the time, but they had a victim in the front room.
0: Hey, Paul, you still there? Pause. Hey, it stopped right when you said, uh, ladder four or ladder four found a victim.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so about the second time I finished through, letter four, I got on the radio and announced they had found a victim uh, in the front room, uh, which is the front room that I crawled straight through uh, to get to the bedroom uh, that we ended up searching.
0: How big was that room
1: or that pathway to get to the
0: bedroom that you went through?
1: Uh, You know, from the front door to the bedroom was maybe... 10 or 12 foot. It was a common, like you go in, there was a bedroom right here in front of us and, then a kitchen, dining room, living room, all in one. And then straight through that room was the second bedroom, uh, which would have been like the master bedroom in the apartment. And like I say, the lady, you know, that we had met outside was her neighbor and said, she sleeps in this room and this is her room. This is where she's going to be, uh, so based off of that information, I thought, man, we have good solid info. Um, I know where we I know where she's gonna be, and that's where I'm going. And I didn't want to waste time, so I crawled as straight as I could, and we got there, uh, you know. But I failed to search on my way to my target. So, to me, that was a big learning issue. Like, hey, just because you have good solid information on a target, uh, let's not forget to search on the way to our target because the victim could be in that path. As the captain, do you typically lead the search? Uh, I t- You know, being on the engine crew, we don't, we don't do it as much. But when we do search uh, without a line, I typically will get us to those areas, um, do a lot of room-oriented type searching. Uh, so we'll search on the way to our rooms, and then I'll branch our guys off the rooms. So typically I'll have, uh, like, one guy go search the room, and then I'll, I'll hold the doorway, the threshold with the tick or the line. Um, and this one, we, we actually alternated. I searched one time and then he came and searched the second time. Nice. So kind of give us a different set of eyes. But
0: Yeah. So how would you do if you had to go back on this fire again? How would you do it different? I'm your fireman. You You tell me what we're going to do. And like, how do we do that?
1: I definitely would have stayed to the wall. I tell them, "Hey, let's go in. We're going to go in. And we're going to that bedroom on the right, and we're going to stay on the wall and searching as we're going to our target, uh, I chose a straight path because I, you know, I had good eyes on that tick where my where my uh, target was. So we went straight path and didn't search out on the way to our target either. Uh, versus, if I'd have went in and we just said, "Hey, we're staying on the wall. We're going search as we go, and we're just going to focus more attention on our target." Maybe uh, we would have probably found the victim. Uh, not probably, we would have definitely found the victim uh, within thirty seconds of going in that room.
0: Yeah, and not saying whether that would have had a, a difference in the outcome, but it definitely messes with the uh, with the mindset of you to say, "Hey, you know, if there's a victim inside, we're going to get it." How how much I know you you talked about the tick in your last episode. You talked about using the tick in this one. How
1: much tick training do you guys do? Um, not a lot, man. Uh, in, in all honesty, you know we're given a tick when we get promoted to an officer, and they give us a little class, and we do a couple burns here and there, and then uh, we really don't get trained on the tick other than just going to jobs. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to work for a uh, local college and teaching out there, so I'm, um, you know, we do a lot of burns and we do a lot of tick training and burns out there. But as far as the department wide, no, you're not getting as much.
0: Uh, that's tough. I, I remember taking a class from one of my uh, good friends, Dustin Martinez, out of Cobb County, and man, he he put it up in there that we don't even know what we're looking for some of the time. And I remember him putting pictures up and saying, Hey, let, let me know when you see, and if you see a victim and remember that, shoot, you know, we use a live victim when we're doing training smoke and the victim's going to be white. Yet, If the victim is cooler than the atmosphere, they're going to be black. And and so uh, that's just something tough for us to train on that. I know when I was an officer, I was horrible at it. Most of the time I just left it in the rig because You know, I I wasn't trained enough to know what I was looking for.
1: Yeah, I typically will use it to get me two areas. um, But I still, if we're going to search an area or a room, um, I still want to be hands and knees, hooking doors and sprawling out. Like that's the best way. Um, I I, I see a lot of guys when they're searching as well, that would do almost like a duck walk. Um, To me, I still think you're better off getting down low, hooking doors and reaching out, you know, with your feet and your hands, um, and just use a tick just to get you to those spots more, more than anything. Yeah. For real.
0: Uh, anything else that, um, that lessons learned or stuff that you teach based
1: off of this, uh, this near grab? No, I think that's the biggest thing for me is like, Hey, you're not always going to be successful. Um, doesn't really change how the effort level, but just know that like, hey, things are going to happen. You're going to make mistakes, but we should learn from our mistakes and uh, don't be scared to go out there and say, hey, you know, I screwed up here, and maybe if someone else is going to learn from from your screw up. You know, uh, this wouldn't have changed the outcome of that victim. She was obviously deceased, but uh, definitely messed with my head a little bit, and it was something I passed on to my crew that, hey. This is something we could take away from it. So just that would be my biggest takeaway is search on the way you're target and don't be afraid to admit your mistakes. And when bad stuff happens, other people can learn from it, you know.
0: Well, Captain, I definitely appreciate you reaching out. Um, I think you're like one of two. The the, the other guy that shared the uh, the near grab was Scott Ketchum out of Winter Park, another another buddy of mine. And quite honestly, I learned just as much, if not more, from these. So I appreciate you both being humble enough to come on and, and share uh, your mis- mistakes as, as well as your wins. So uh, thank you for reaching out to me on that. Uh, anyone out there listening, if you get a grab, uh, go to firefighterrescuesurvey.com, fill out that survey, that's for us, by us. If you've got a story of a grab or even a miss uh, that you want to share on the Grabs podcast, reach out to me, GrantSchwalby at gmail.com or 239-898-0843. Until next time, keep after it.